Well, you can now take your seats. Some people really entered into that. Some people, you got the impression that they were going to catch an awful disease if they went near anyone else. But when we look at this season, come along, seats, back to your seats, Janet. <laughs> when we look at this, uh, this is the first uh, Sunday of the school summer holidays. And when we look at where we've come from as a manual over the years, it's incredible for us to be able to gather together in such numbers this morning. There are many empty seats because people have gone on holiday. But brothers and sisters, there are not as many as there were. Hmm. Many moons ago, we would be in a time when we got to the summer holidays and it was very much maintenance mode. Trying to get through from one week to the next. And if you asked Ray Lowe, who will be with us in September, about our uh, summers, he would say there was a handful of people and we're trying to get through week by week. Now, it wasn't quite a handful. It's just the picture Ray's got. And it suits me for him to keep that picture because it means we've grown even more in his mind than we actually have. But we were in maintenance mode. And I'm really thankful to God that that season is well and truly past. And now we are into a different season in God. So what is the summer season about? We're not seeking to maintain anything. We are seeking to prepare ourselves for all that God has got to come. And I view this summer as very much a season of preparation for... You see, Emmanuel, we have two new years. We have sort of like September time when we go back to school and things... And then we have January. But we're preparing for the season that God wants to bring us into as everybody returns from holiday and we get back to greater numbers and people back having been refreshed in their summer holidays. Because we always come back refreshed, don't we? Yeah, well, (laughs) some do and some don't. So what I want to do, I want to look at a passage in Mark, and this was not the passage I had intended speaking about, but I was reading through Mark, and it was just as if God spoke. God said something about the new wineskins. And each one of us will have a response to this word this morning. Each one of us will have to ask ourselves a question. Am I an old wineskin, or am I a new wineskin? It is quite simple. Are you an old one or are you a new one? And when we look at this story, we can see that there are hallmarks of what it is to be an old wineskin. And the reality is we have old wineskins among us. And each one of us has that ability to slip into that old wineskin way of thinking. And God wants to keep us fresh. God wants to keep us as new wineskins ready to move on into all that he has got for us. So let's read from Mark chapter 2. And when we look at the stories of the Gospels, what we find is Jesus comes and he upsets religious people. Perhaps there's a few religious people here this morning and you need to be upset. And John is just the man to do it. He is going to be our chief upsetter. But... But Jesus comes, and he doesn't conform to the religious outlook 
of many of the people of that time. And he comes and he does things that go against what is perceived as being the right way of doing things. And in this story we have in Mark 2, 18, it says, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisee are fasting, but yours are not? So here we have, brothers and sisters, Christians, we don't need to fast. All right, then. I'll take it up with you religious a lot later on. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. Oh dear. Right, that's my argument out of the window straight away then. Fasting is there for the Christian. Verse 21, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one, and this is the thing I want us to really concentrate, no one pours new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wine skins will be ruined. No. He pours new wine into new wine skins. He pours new wine into new wine skins. And we are called to be those new wine skins. Now, if we look at the the Pharisees who feature hugely in the Gospels in their opposition to Jesus. If we look at them and we see them, and they speak of these old wineskins. They were inflexible. Wineskins were made of animal skin, and over time they went hard. They went brittle. There's nothing you could do much to change them. And the Pharisees are represented by these wineskins, and they think they have made it. You see, these are the religious elite of the day. And they're seeking to live their lives with being 613 laws of the Old Testament. 613 laws of the Old Testament. Now, many of us struggle with speed limits. And it's one big sign there. And we get that wrong. You imagine, you've got to look at, six, you see, to obey 613 laws, you've got to know them. So you've got, you've got to have them in your mind to start with before you can even begin. And their whole existence was under the shadow of the law. Now you think that's a big thing, but alongside the 613 laws of the Old Testament, there was also an oral tradition which almost expanded and gave some... Uh, some outworking, practical outworkings of these 613 laws. So not only do you have that body of law, but you had a whole oral tradition lying behind the 613. But they thought they were the good guys. They had this idea that they were doing God a favor. I am being, I am so good. I'm doing God a favor here by obeying His law. And it is these people that Jesus challenges and upsets every time he puts in an appearance. Jesus upsets old wineskins. Jesus comes and he upsets 
the religious people of the day. He upsets those who are brittle. He upsets those who are unbending. He upsets those who are not going to change. And we have to ask ourselves, am I willing to change? Or do I, like the Pharisees, believe I have received everything there is to receive? You see, they were not open to new revelation because they had it all. They were not open to change because this is the way God had led them and this was right. And they were not open to seeing anything new that God was going to do, even in Jesus. So Jesus comes, Son of God. And their response to him is not a positive one. There is a response, but it is not one that calls for change on their part. It calls for Jesus to be removed. And so we find that they plot to kill Jesus. But these are the religious, righteous people of the day. These are the old wineskins. Close to new revelation. They had it all. They didn't need anything else. And if you could have one word that would sum it all up, it would be pride. There was a pride in their hearts that closed them off from receiving anything else that God wanted to reveal to them. They would not accept the evidence before their very eyes that said that Jesus was the promised Messiah. They're completely blind to anything that the Father wanted to reveal to them. Completely. And you know, the reality is, it is very, very easy for the inner Pharisee within us to to be raised up and we find ourselves in a position where we close ourselves off from any new work that Jesus wants to do through the power of the Spirit. Because we have it all. And once we get into that position of thinking, we have it all, we are close to a new revelation, a new move of God that he may want to bring about in and through us. Once we are closed, then we become that old wineskin. And now consider, perhaps in your own experience, when you suddenly found yourself close to something that God is nudging you towards, close to that new move of God, it doesn't take long to travel from being a, a new wineskin to an, an old one. I reckon you can do it in a few minutes. It doesn't take very long at all because it is this attitude, this inner attitude, which says, I am open, I am closed. I am soft and malleable. I'm able to be changed by God, but no, I'm not because everything is in my grasp. I have it all. It just takes a few moments. And as we come, the sort of church that we are, we like to think that we are not bound by tradition as the Pharisees were. They were constantly looking to the past. They found their being, they found their identity in the past and not open to the future. And we can fall into that trap of being bound by tradition. And we've got to be very careful that the way we do things, the way that works now, does not become a tradition that binds us forever and ever, because God may want to blow that apart. And it was last week when uh, Ali was leading. Where's Jen? 
it's not about Ali, really. I don't want you going home and upsetting them. <clears throat> Ali stepped and did a great job last week for us. But we were breaking bread. And uh, just before the meeting, Ali says, well, have you any idea what time you're going to be breaking bread? I said, yes, 11 o'clock. And then they suddenly don't. We don't have traditions. We certainly don't have tradition, but we're going to break bread at 11 o'clock. Well, last week, I want you to know we broke with that tradition. Because we broke bread at 2 minutes to 11. <laughs> hey, glory to God! Are we open to the things of the Spirit? Of course we are. Two minutes early. And we broke bread two minutes early, and I can guarantee you it did not take God by surprise. He still met with us. He saw nothing, hang on, <laughs> before that. But it's easy for traditions to creep in. And we need to be those who are constantly challenging how we do things. What we do. Not for the sake of change, but for the sake of moving on with Jesus. When we look at the Gospels and read the Gospel stories, we find that very often there's this picture of Jesus with the disciples. But it says, he went on ahead. Read the Gospels and you see that again and again and again. Jesus is striding out ahead. And the, gospel, and the disciples are almost running to keep up. And I believe that is a picture of what church should be like. We need to be running to keep up with where Jesus is leading us. He's not lagging behind. He's leading us on into new things. And we need to be those who are running behind Jesus, perhaps out of breath, wondering if we'll ever make it. But at the end of the day, Jesus is there for us. And he wants to take us on. We are called to be those new wineskins ready to, and open to receive all that the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through us. Ready to change. Now, change is a word that is easier said than done. And none of us really likes change. We don't mind challenging other people to change. But when it comes and rests at our doorstep, we can, we can struggle. But the reality is, if we are a community that's going to be filled with the Spirit, if we are a community reach, uh, seeking to press on into what God has got for us, change has got to be the very bedrock upon which we, it's of our thinking. Because the, what God did with us yesterday is not necessarily what God is going to do with us today and tomorrow. You know, when we look at the life story of Jesus and the healings, the teaching, what we, what we see there is not a formula being given. He's not saying, do this, 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 and this is the result. Jesus comes in and he has a whole host of different ways of dealing with different situations. Some people he touches and they are healed. Others he just speaks the word and they are healed. Some he touches their eyes and they are healed. Others he doesn't. And Jesus is not giving us a formula. He's giving us a relationship for us to live in that we might be ever fresh in the things of God because he is ever fresh. Jesus never grows stale. Jesus never ever grows stale. He never gets to that point he thinks, I've run out of things to say, unlike some sermons. But not yet. He never gets to that point at the end of his resources and wondering what he's going to do next. Jesus has all the resources we need in order to take us on into the deeper waters of the Spirit. And he wants us to be open to what he wants to do. 
So we're called to be new wineskins. Open to the ever new inpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't depend upon how old we are. Being a new wineskin or an old wineskin has nothing to do with sort of physical or bodily age. You can get some of the youngest people you can think of and they are absolutely hard. They are rigid in their thinking because they have it all. There's nothing extra. And they are hard old wineskins. But then you get others at the other end of life. And they're as fresh at that point as they have ever been. You know, last year we lost three great saints to this community. And we did two things. We mourned their loss, but we celebrated their lives. And one of the things that they teach us, and I know we have various family members here today, one of the things that was consistent across all of them was that even though they are approaching the end of their life, even though they had lived full years, they were as fresh towards the end as they had ever been. They were fresh to the things of God. They were welcoming the new things of God until disease and illness took hold of them. But they're in the presence of Jesus. And we need to be those who are as fresh as those saints were the day they departed this life. Because that's the call upon us. To live lives open to the things of the Spirit. To live lives open to what Jesus wants to do today and tomorrow. And not just be fixed in the past. We have 43 years of history in Emmanuel. And we are thankful to God for every one of those years. Apart from, say, a couple in the middle. (laughs) Let the listener understand. Yeah, we went through an awful time at one particular point. But God was faithful. He's brought us through. So I'm thankful for 41 of those 43 years. But But that's yesterday. I'm thankful to God for the story. But what's the story he's wanting to write now? What's the story he's wanting to write tomorrow? And what is your part? In the story that God is writing. Are you an old wineskin stuck in the yesterday of your faith? Are you an old wineskin stuck in a a religious outlook that doesn't allow for any new move of God? Or are you that new wineskin open and ready to receive what Jesus wants to do today? You need to believe God for new things for yourself... And as you believe God for new things for yourself, so then as a community, we will be caught up in a refreshing move of God to move on as a people into all that he has got for us. God is not finished with any of us. No matter how long you have been a Christian, no matter what you have done, as you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I want to begin again, he takes you at your word and he says, well, let's move on again. You can become that new wineskin this morning as you surrender yourself to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm fed up with religion. I'm fed up with death and decay within my spiritual life. I want that freshness of the Spirit. And Jesus is 
true to his word and will pour out his spirit. Now consider the Pharisees. Now we look at the Pharisees and we think, did Jesus write off the Pharisees? No, he, they, he didn't. The reality is they wrote themselves off. Jesus doesn't write you off. You have the ability to write yourself off, as did the Pharisees. So when a Pharisee was open, and we have some examples in Scripture where Pharisees were open, Jesus was more than ready to welcome them and say, come on then, let's work together on the new thing that I want to do. Do not write yourself off. Do not settle for what you've got now, but press on. Regardless of what's happened in the past, Jesus could take you on into a new future. I'm absolutely convinced that he has so, so many wonderful things for us. But we must not settle. As a charismatic church, we want to press in to the now and tomorrow of what God has got for us. We thank God for the past, but we don't want to live in it. Do you know what happens when churches start to live in the past? Death and decay creeps up. So that's what happens. But the trouble is, it is so subtle, it's so slow, we don't even realize it's happening. We need to be in the ever-present of Jesus and the work of the Spirit, not settling, but pressing on. There's a verse I was drawn to, which is in Revelation. And when we look at this verse, this verse is often taken out of context. And it's used as an evangelistic, uh, in an evangelistic appeal. And it's where they're addressing the church of Laodicea. Now just listen to this. To the angel of the church at Laodicea, write. The lukewarm church. Then in verse 17 it says, You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. What are they saying there? They're saying that they're self-sufficient. They're saying there is no further revelation that they need receive. They're saying, just like the Pharisees, we're here, we're not going to move from this point. And what did Jesus say to that church? Now, this is where it's often misused, this verse, because it is used to apply to the non-Christian. When we read in the book of Revelation, this is a word addressing a church. It's addressing the people of God. It's addressing the people of God who have got to that point where they think, yeah, we've got it all. We don't need anything else. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Wow. That's a word to the church. It's a word of warning. But it's also a word of encouragement because we have the promise that as we open the door of our hearts, as the people of God to Jesus and what he wants to do, taking us forward, he is going to come in and do a new work within us. 
we need to be walking in that ever-present blessing and freshness of the Holy Spirit. Not bound by yesterday, but living for the now and tomorrow in Jesus. Thankful for the blessings of yesterday, but looking for what Jesus wants to do today. Let's stand together. Ryan, if we could have the band back, please. Just wherever you are, just close your eyes. And I want us to, I want you to ask yourself a question. Are you an old or a new wineskin? Are you old, unwilling to receive something new from Jesus, unwilling to change? Or are you that new wineskin? ready to receive afresh from him. Not a function of physical age, but a spiritual attitude. Father, right now, I just ask that you would help us to be honest with ourselves. God already knows the answer to the question but he wants you to know the answer for yourself and if you are in that place of finding yourself to be that new wineskin the next question is uh, sorry the old wineskin the next question is do you want to be different and if not fine Jesus did not beg the Pharisees to change He presented them with truth. He presented them with evidence. And he wanted an honest response of their hearts. And that's what Jesus wants with us today. An honest response of our hearts as to whether we are open and ready to receive a new move of his spirit. Come, Lord. As Jesus comes and knocks on the door of your heart, let the response be, Jesus, come in. I want to eat with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to spend more time with you. That dwelling with and in Jesus is not just a theological concept but it is a daily reality that we experience day by day, week by week, to the glory of His name. All of this is for the glory of His name. Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord.
We're going to move into a song. Just let that song be the cry of your heart this morning. The response of your heart as we give ourselves afresh to be new wineskins in him.
part of the service, um, as we were hearing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, God led me to the bit in Exodus where Moses encounters God in the burning bush. I'm just going to read. So, um, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And... What follows is an incredible commissioning to Moses to go and rescue God's people. And it's the start of a journey um, which has its highs and lows and its extraordinary adventures in God. But it leads to Moses being talked as, talked about as the ma- God's friend, the man who spoke to God face to face. And as we consider Alan's call to be new wineskins, um, I think God is saying, as a sign of that, can we all take our shoes off? Because the place where we meet God, where we hear this call, is holy ground. Um, I can't remember the last time we did that. But you know, this is... Yeah, exactly. You see, in that reading about Moses, I think there is an incredible lesson for all of us, even after we've taken our shoes off. The Pharisee among us would say that a burning bush... I've never seen it before. It can't be God. It hasn't happened before. I've not experienced it before. It's outside anything I've experienced. Therefore, it cannot be God. And we do very similar things when God does something among us that we have not experienced before. We can so easily point the things and say, that cannot be God. What did Moses do? He said, I'm going to find out. And that is the response God wants from us in our hearts. We don't write stuff off, but we will go and find out. We go and ask the question. God does not mind asking us asking questions. Don't exclude yourself because you simply haven't seen or experienced something before. The very things that we just take for granted among us. The spiritual gifts that we have at work among us. We experience at some point for the first time. And we said, yes, Lord. 
And when we say yes, Lord, you know what happens is we position ourselves. God says, I can use you again. Look at Moses. If he hadn't gone to the bush, what would the story have been? But Moses said, I'm going to find out. I'm going to move on. And God says, I want you to find out. I want you to move on. New things. Um, Alan talked about if we're old um, wineskins, we might have identified as that, um, and we're not good at changing. And um, it's not that easy because he also said tradition creeps in. You don't notice your traditions. You're stuck in your ways that you're not seeing how you creep in. What helps with that is other people and asking other people, am I stuck in this? Am I struggling with change? Or what bits am I struggling with? Um, So... Emmanuel, I can think of two ways we can do this. In our small groups, um, our midweek house groups, we can meet with people there, talk to those people, say, hey, look, I think this is something I need to look at. Can you help me identify these things? Also, a lot of people in Emmanuel meet up in groups of two or three, kind of discipleship groups, and that's great. Um, So if you have identified as an old wineskin, I think it's really important to actually take that step and find someone else in those groups to say hey can we talk through this can you help me identify and if you're not in a small group or a discipleship group um, then it's probably good that you are I'm thinking the best way to find out is on the website because it lists some of the small groups and it's got the email info at emmanuel.org.uk do that or talk to one of the elders or someone here but there you go you've got your call to action well I'm I'm very encouraged this morning because at least two people have listened to the sermon can't be bad (laughs) I believe God's here for healing and I'm going to come out but I'd also like to ask Anybody who Alan has provoked into praying for someone for healing, for perhaps for the first time, or maybe for the first time for a long time, also come. We're going to pray. So anybody is sick, wants healing in your body or in your mind or in your emotions, come. We're going to pray for you. But I'd also invite people to come with faith to pray for others as well. God, I'm on my knees again, and God, I'm begging, please again, I need you, oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul, I need you, oh, I need your forgiveness. It's like the sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a 
symphony to my ears It's like the holy water Dead men walking slave to sin I want to know about being born again I need you Oh God, I need you 